All right, everybody. When me and Matt originally recorded our podcast, it was before the Blackhawks win versus the Philadelphia Flyers. Obviously, we can't always record at right after game. So um, the Blackhawks played the Flyers last night, beat them three to one, got goals from Gustafson. A taser and to bring it um, get Augustuson back in the lineup we haven't seen him for quite a while and and probably this is probably gonna be one of the last times that we see him uh, we've been getting a lot of Regula and Velastic and it's good because these guys need all of the uh, all of the experience that they can get uh, they're gonna be going into the playoffs with the uh, Rockford you know after the season's done but they're in the in the big show right now and getting some uh, getting some much needed a much-needed experience. So, a Taser had a goal and assist. He had a really nice goal coming out of the penalty box, and shooting a low and left on the goalie, getting a getting a goal. Barry Morales actually had a really good point uh, yesterday when he was talking about how because goalies are going into the, are going into the butterfly so early that it's opening up uh, spots. Uh, by the by the by the feet and the post, and that since they're going down so so early, that it's opening up this area, and that's exactly where Taser shot. He is typically a five hole shooter, but uh, looks like he you know might be aiming for this area because typically because apparently this area is open more now because of the style of butterfly that modern day goalies play. So uh, you know shooters are going to find areas to shoot and they're going to look for areas to score, which is really interesting um, to bring. Kit had a really nice goal from from Kaner, you know, all the way across, you know cross ice pass to to shoot him up for a one timer, uh, and it was a uh, it was it was a beauty. Uh, Debrinket is obviously you know there's some talk on whether he's going to want to sign an extension with the Blackhawks because they're going to be going into you know a full rebuild. Kyle Davidson said that big contracts are contrary to what you want to do in a rebuild. I think that they need to sign this guy. Me and Matt will talk about this a little bit later. And, um, you know, I, I think that it should be a priority. Uh, Taves and Kane, I think with their compete level, even though that the Blackhawks are out of it and, you know, we're going into the into the off season and these guys are playing like, you know, they're playing for something and that's good leadership on, on them. And it's great to see because, um, with these guys, how much they've won, what they've done, they could easily call it in, and they're not doing that, and it's 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 pretty great to see. They're showing these young guys on, on how to be a professional and what to do, and I think that they still have a lot of worth, especially Kaner. And, you know, Taves, to his own right, has a lot of worth as well. He's not putting up points like he used to, but recently— um, he has been been uh, putting up some goals and getting some assists and, and, and putting up some offense uh, for this team. So hopefully he's finding his scoring touch, can get a good offseason and uh, and lead this this rebuild, uh, this Blackhawks rebuild in a way that can be uh, beneficial for the team. And, uh, you know, and still he could still have his cake uh, and eat it, too. So, I'm gonna throw this off to the podcast with that me and Mike, that me and Matt had recorded, and uh, here we go. Welcome back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike. I got my line mate Matt with me, and today we're gonna go over the Blackhawks' last game, and we're gonna go over some NHL news, especially as we're getting into the playoffs, uh, the playoff race, and how things are gonna start. Um, how they're going to start panning out. So, Blackhawks played the Sharks Saturday night 
It was ugly. A four to one game. I mean, it was just an ugly game, to be honest with you. The only bright spot that we had was a nice goal that Tyler Johnson shot from a, a battle that Taves won in the corner. Uh, impressive pass to Johnson, and Johnson uh, buried it in. And to be honest with you, man, I would say that Johnson was competing on on Saturday night. He was out there, dude, and he was trying to um, he was trying to score. You know, he was trying to make a difference out there, and uh, and I I think that he did. Did you notice uh, Tyler Johnson on Saturday, Matt? Yeah, he he was like one of the only guys I noticed. Uh, Taves had a good game. Uh, I think Lincoln is still shaky. Really, yeah. uh, you know kind of fishing in the crease moving around too much and overplaying shots but yeah like Johnson that. fishing in the crease I like fishing, that yeah just moving all over the place flopping like a fish but yeah. um yeah I I think I I thought Tyler Johnson was a natural centerman I right. would honestly like to see him play with Kaner and Debrinkat next year if you know everybody's back that'd be great I'd like yeah. to see him a healthy full season with those guys and then it would be really interesting yeah, you know what? It, there lies the problem. I like uh, Tyler Johnson. I, I actually kind of like him on that line with Taves because if Taves gets kicked, Tyler Johnson has the ability to win faceoffs. Actually, Tyler Johnson has the ability to cut to cons- to um, consistently win faceoffs. Uh, Strom can only play on the Kane and Debrinket line. That's the only place he's he's good at. And it's the only place where he can be productive at. So if we have Dylan Strome next year and we sign him, the only place he's going to be is is on that Kane line. Do you see him, you know, contributing on on, on any other line? Uh, I don't know, man. Who knows what Davidson? He might even say, you know what, you're asking for too much here. I'm just going to let you go. But uh, yeah. like you said, that's like the only, you know, place he could play. I don't. He needs talent around him to be successful. Right. And it's just this year proved it. Though half half the season proved it. And but you know I, I think Johnson deserves a shot, though, man. I mean, this guy was playing on the fourth line in Tampa. That's how good Tampa was. But he right. was still putting up good numbers. He was. He was. I've always liked him. Originally, um, he was he was slotted between them. I, I don't think he had enough time to really get some chemistry between those two dudes. But I do. I do like him on that line. Um, Strom has gotten into my good graces because he has been productive on the second half of the season. But the only problem that I do have is that if he's not playing with Debrinket or Kane, he's not productive. And that's a problem because Debrinket is a top player in the NHL. Obviously, Kaner is a generational player. If this guy can't play with the generational players, you know, that's a problem, man. I bet if you slotted me into that slot, I could probably get some assist on uh, on that Debrinket-Kaner line because, they're I mean, those guys are just that good, man. Um, you know, moving forward, I would like to see, I'm really curious to see what happens with Dylan Strom because uh, he, he can be productive. Uh, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe he's, uh, has a good, has a good summer. Maybe this is, has been the, you know, the confidence booster that he's need that he can contribute in, in other spots, but I just don't see it happening. Um, you know, it just seems like this team is just ready for the season to end. We've got three more games. Uh, Keener and the Cat had great seasons. You know, pretty much the, the only bright spot of the season. Also, I thought Brandon Hagel was, but he's now on Tampa. And I think that with the playoffs coming, he's going to be a playoff um, a playoff animal. He's just the type of player that they need. Uh, actually, probably an upgrade 
for them, for those guys. Uh, Seth Jones had a really good season as well. Kaner, 26 goals, 65 assists, and 91 points uh, as of right now. The Cat, 40 goals, 36 assists, 76 points. And something I wanted to mention that, that Matt's got here is Seth Jones, 5 goals, 46 assists, and 51 points. His 46 assists are the highest that he's had, a career high. And that just goes to show you how good of a player that Seth Jones can be and and, and, a, and a contributor that he could be that on this shitty team that we've had this year, and it's unfortunate that I have to say that, that he's hitting career highs and assists. Uh, imagine, you know, him playing on a team that's uh, primed and ready to go. You know, th- there are three players that we're going to need next season. Uh, it's going to be uh, Kaner, Debrinkit, and, and Seth Jones. I am a... I, I'm a I'm a pretty big Jake McCabe fan. I think that he's left out to dry a lot, and he has to do a lot. Um, kind of like what happened the other day with um, with Velasic not being able to keep that puck into in the zone, and then end up being a two on one where they where they score on him. You know, McCabe didn't really have a shot there, and uh, and I, I don't think that really gave Lankinen a shot uh, as well. Uh, so Matt, Matt, what do you think about say McCabe and and um, and Seth Jones this year. How do you like? What are your kind of just outlook on these guys going into next season? I think McCabe has been better like the last couple of weeks. He he looks like the guy we were we we signed for. We what we wanted out of him. He's right. He he's playing mean. He's actually putting up some. I think he's got a couple goals actually. Yeah, he a couple does. points. Yeah, I mean that's shots. what you ask for a stay at home type of dude, but. I think he, like, in a sense, is like Dylan Strom. I think he needs to be with a guy like Seth Jones, a good guy. And I think that's where we'll find success with him. I I, I don't really like, under, well, we've talked about this. I don't understand half the season he was with Connor Murphy. Right. They're the same type of players. And, so, yeah, that works, you know. But, I mean, Seth Jones needs a guy that's going to be responsible. Right. And it, I think he was Seth Jones was with Calvin DeHaan. I'm not nothing against DeHaan, but I think of him as a kind of a two-way type of guy. He'll skate it up, he'll take some chances and everything, but I like a guy like Jake McCabe who's, you know what, get it to the red line, get it deep, you right. know, make the smart pass on the breakout. Yeah. Just, you know, play do your job. That's and I think he needs a guy like Seth Jones to take chances. Like it's it's almost like a Seabrook uh, Keith type of thing. They need each other to be successful. To be the best. That look, they you could take Seabs. You took Seabs away. Look at Duncan Keith. He he wasn't that good last year. He's he's still a great player, one of the best of all time. But that's I mean, because of Seabs. Yeah, you you need a guy like Seabs to carry. Yeah. And I think Jake McCabe and Seth Jones need each other. And I can't believe our coaching staff doesn't see that. Yeah. You know, the problem that I have is that I think it was the last podcast I mentioned that, you know, Kyle, um, Kyle, I don't know if it was Kyle Davidson or if it was Danny Wirt, but somebody put it down to Derek King that they didn't want anything changed with the system when they brought him in. And I don't know if that's because the guys are, are used to it and they didn't want to shake things up too much, which I highly disagree with because of how much it didn't work. Um, I think that that plays a role in some of the probably frustrations and the lack of success that we had this season with the players because they're playing in a system that didn't work. It was doomed from the start. It was doomed as soon as they put it in with Colladin. And 
And I, I think that that really hindered a lot of a lot of players, probably Kirby Doc, to be honest with you, playing in this broken system. I, I think that that was a problem uh, for and uh, especially as you mentioned, uh, McCabe, you know, probably the last two weeks looking like the player that we that we signed him to be. I think that that's due to this terrible system. These guys have been what we found out now forced to play in uh, from that Chicago Tribune article that I read. So next year, we could be looking at a completely different system, um, probably something that suits uh, Kaner and probably helps, well, I would imagine would probably help uh, Jonathan Taves as well with his responsibilities on the ice and maybe trying to get him, um, you know, back to a, you know, being at least producing at a, at a decent rate. He seems to be playing better now at the end of the season as he was earlier than he, well, actually he was, you know, trying to come back from that injury. He started to play really well. And then he had that concussion. Concussion was over, you know, he wasn't playing well and now he's starting to get back into it again. It makes you wonder if this guy is going to retire or if he's really looking to, to be here through the rebuild. So, you know, with that being said, you know, Davidson hasn't said much about his plans with DeBrinkett and with the Blackhawks fans wanting him locked up. You know, he's going this summer, man, you know, he's going to be getting that big contract. And, uh, you know, maybe the, the fans want his to throw the C on his chest. You know, who you, you never know. I don't see that happening until Taves leaves or Taves is um, retires. This isn't the same as a as uh, what in the Kings the Kings organization, what they did with, what's his oh, name, yeah. man? Kopitar and Dustin Brown. Dustin yeah. Brown, man. You know, yeah, I mean, they, I, they, they, you're they, right. You're right. Yeah. I, I thought that that was a shitty thing to do. Uh, he was playing on the fourth line, uh, you know, but he, he did turn it around after that and they gave it to Kopitar. You know, Taves, I don't think he, he doesn't deserve that. I think that he's been a good leader to the team and, and he's been a good leader to a lot of the guys on there. He's He's been there from the beginning and I, I think that it would be a bad idea to take, take the C away from him. Considering it everything quite a bit. Everything he's not. done, you know. Yeah. So uh, Matt's opinion. We don't know how Debrinket feels. He may want out, but I would like to see him take that Dylan Larkin route, stay the course, develop with young talent, and be the face and leader of the franchise. Forty goal guys, they do not come easy. Franchise needs him. A draft pick prospect only has hype, as you could see with Dylan Strom. There's no guarantees to bring it as proven. Actually, these are really two very, very good examples of Dylan Strom and Alex to bring it. Dylan Strom was a highly touted prospect, drafted number three, I believe, and yep. we could see who he is. And look at to bring it. He played with Dylan Strom and um, Connor McDavid in the OHL. McDavid leaves. They think that his production is going to go down. His production actually goes up, comes into the league. He's undersized, drops in the draft a little bit. He gets drafted and by the Blackhawks. And, and look where he is. We have a, a perennial uh, 30 to 40 goal score. And even on a down year, I think he scored, what, 32 goals. So yeah, uh, he's always hit 20. He's yeah. always been over 20. That's the goal scorer right there. Yeah. So um, we need him. I think that he fits in on this team. Kaner fits on this team. I, you know, Taves can lead this team uh, into the rebuild, and then I'm sure he's going to retire, and then that's going to be given to the cat 
if if Kane is still here, I I highly think they would be given to Kane, even if it's just for one year, uh, just out of, out of respect for a guy who shows up every single day, plays every game, and um and is really given his uh given his soul to this franchise. Uh, I think that he would deserve the the C for a year if if he's still here. So what do you think, Matt? Well, about about the captain, yeah, uh. Yeah, like you were saying a, a couple minutes ago, you know, like with Dustin Brown and Kopitar, it is kind of weird. Like Dustin Brown was the first captain to ever hoist the cup in L.A. And, you know, they, they throw it off and they give it to uh, his good friend Kopitar. It's like, come on, well, I just got two cups here for us. Gretzky couldn't even do that right. as captain, you know. But it does happen more than you think. I, I remember Mike Madonna was captain with the Stars. And they, you know, they took his C off and gave it to the young uh, Brendan Morrow, who was pretty good player in his day. I and mean, he didn't really last as long as Madonna. But it's surprising. But I wouldn't be surprised with a new GM and maybe a new coaching uh, staff. They might want to, you know, kind of put their footprint in on their plan and stuff and say, hey, you know what, Taves, we love you. We know what you've done for us, but we're going to go with our new captain and we're going to build for the future. I, I mean, I, I could see that. But like you said, I, it would be pretty cool to see Kaner get a C if he's, you know, sticking around longer than Taves. Yeah. Uh, but, dude, I just got this bad feeling about Debrinkat not wanting to be a part of this. Really? And I just get the fear Stevie Y is going to grab him because he's a Michigan boy. Yeah. And Stevie Y is good at grabbing talent. He knows, you know, he knows NHL players very well. He could build a team. He's about to build another good team. That Tampa team is his team, uh, but I just get, I get a bad feeling like he's gonna say, "Hey, I'm gonna offer sheet him, or I'm gonna give the Hawks a bunch of first round picks and maybe a good couple prospects." And I want him to be with Dylan Larkin because Dylan Larkin is more like the the Taves, and then he's got his shooter kind of. I you know I think Debrinka could score fifty. Yeah, I, mean, I he, think so too. You give him. You know, Kaner is a great passer, but you give him another good passer, I think he could score 50 for sure. But I just get that bad feeling that Stevie Y is going to try to uh, steal the cat from us, which would be devastating for me. <laughs> you know what, man? Unless he offered $12 million, I I think that the cat would stay. Well, they that's the thing. Detroit has a good up and coming team. They have cap space. He's well the the team's well managed with money. I think Dylan Larkin is making six million yeah, for the is. next couple seasons. I mean, they got Tyler Bertuzzi who's making like five. It, it, there's no really high paid guy there. Yeah, and I just feel like, oh man, I I hope it doesn't happen. I hope DeBrincat signs July first. I don't even care if it's ten million for eight years. I'm fine with that. I mean, he's he deserves it. He's a 40-goal scorer back-to-back, yeah. right? I mean, this is the guy that you want to build your team around. You you let a guy like Jeremy Roenick go, your team goes to shit for the next, what, 10, 15 Decade? years? So, yeah. <laughs> so I I hope Davidson has a plan, and I hope he's, you know, kind of gives the fans a little like, like, hey, this is our goal. We want to sign this kid. Like, usually you hear that from GMs. Like, hey, our our job this summer is to get an extension for this guy. Right. And we haven't heard anything. He's real tight-lipped about it. And I just wish the he'd give the Hawks fans a little shed of, 
you know, like uh, some light on the end of the tunnel to, hey, there's hope here. <laughs> it's not going to be like a long, no-name guys like we don't know on our team for the next three years. Well, you know, at, at, the, talent. at the same time, he probably hasn't had any of these conversations yet. You know, we, we still have three games left in the season, and, you yeah, know, there's going to be— time. There's yeah. going to be end-of-season interviews, you know, with the players, and and he's going to let them know, you know, what he sees and, you know, going forward. And from what I've heard, he's a pretty upfront and honest person. So uh, we'll definitely hear about it. I, From what I see from Debrinket, I think that he he's going to want to stay. I think that he is a, you know, blood and guts type of guy. Uh, yeah, he is from Michigan. I, I, I do see that. But unless he get, gets offer sheeted like $12 million, you know, I'd, would you pay $12 million for Debrinket? Uh, dude, that's Connor McDavid money, man. This well, dude, this dude's not putting up a hundred points a year. Well, look, look at um, Toronto. They paid Matthews thirteen million. He's scoring fifty. He's gonna about to score sixty. The Brinkat's right there, man. He's right there. I know Patrick Kane's on his team, but if you're gonna get five first round picks, because that's what he is. He's an elite talent. He's a high or. Uh, I think they go by age and they go by, um, you know, obviously numbers and stuff, right? And salary, and I think if you you you're over a certain number, it's I think it's five first round picks you get. Really, I just don't see Stevie Y wanting to give up his future for that. Right. But I could see him maybe. Hey, we're gonna give you a first round pick for this year, next year, and a prospect for Debrinkat. And I don't know if Davidson would take it. I don't I, think that's really enough. Don't. We got two firsts for Haggle. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, but if say to Brickhead, it's not going well. Like, hey, I'm not. I don't want to be here. He's a restricted free agent, I believe, and he he doesn't have to sign anything. And you, you might see a team, just a sneaky team, throw an offer sheet in. Like, you know, I, I what was the last offer sheet? I believe it was the Hurricanes to that Cotton oh. Niemi guy, which yeah. was insane. Six million, but then, and then the year before it was that Sebastian Ajo was a really good player. He's a point of game type of guy. They offered him nine million. I think I think that guy did him a favor. Yeah, I think the the I, I believe it was the Canadians again. The, the both teams were involved again. I think right. Bergevin did the Hurricanes a huge favor because that guy could have easily been getting ten eleven million dollars a year. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I I hope they can get it done before all that crap happens because that that'd be. That'd be the ideal thing to do. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they're going to talk about it and try and get it knocked out this this summer. And I think that they're going to try and get Kaner and and Taves uh, knocked out this summer too. What they're going to, what they're looking to do, you know. Yeah, you know what? As for Taves, man, I think Taves needs a good summer off. Stay yeah. away from the rink. Stay away from your hockey bag. Go 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 to the lake. Go on your boat. Go skiing, whatever he does, fishing, and don't think about hockey at all. Reset yeah. yourself. Come in with a good attitude at at training camp, and you know, just like just enjoy your last possible year of even playing. You know, maybe yeah. he'll want to go home and play in Winnipeg one season. Who knows? A lot of guys do that, but um, yeah, just have have a good season, have a good off season, and just enjoy yourself. Get, just watch some baseball or whatever. Yeah. I know he's an out he's an outdoorsman and stuff. So yeah, he is. I know I, I've seen his a couple of his social media. He's not, he's got a he does that cool a wake surfing thing. I yeah, don't know he if you've ever heard of that. It's pretty sweet. So just don't hurt yourself. Just, yeah. just have fun and reset and you know come back with a better attitude. I think he's it's just been a long year for him. 
right. getting, you know, there's people are angry and seeing your buddies get traded and losing and losing and losing. It's just, it's hard. It's, it's just bullshit. You just need to not think about it. Put your phone away and just enjoy your lake house and have fun. So the Preds and the Stars, the Preds, Stars, and Knights are fighting for the last two wild card spots. Uh, we got a dogfight, and after the grind, the wild card number two spot will face a powerhouse Avs team. So between the Preds, the Stars, and the Knights, um, I think the Preds and the Stars are going to make it in. The Blackhawks play the Knights on Wednesday. I think that the Blackhawks are going to are going to spoil the the parade, the party for these guys on Wednesday, uh, just because that's what, I, I, they might just be uh, party the party poopers is uh, you know this <laughs> yeah. season because they did it to the Sharks, they knocked them out of playoff contention, and they might do it to the to the Knights. So I see, you know, man. I, I can see a Preds team, man, uh, giving the Avs a really hard time. Well, if if they make it. I mean, right now they're losing the Minnesota 4-3 going into the third period, and UC Saros is on the bench. So I'm, I'm, I just don't understand that. You're just you're doing Vegas. You're giving them hope, <laughs> and that's not what you want to do. But I, as for uh, your last statement with uh, – the Knights, it's like, hey, we took Flurry from you, and now we're gonna screw you again. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> we're, we're gonna play the spoilers. So. Yeah. And who knows? There's been a lot of Robin Leonard uh, drama going on. They're saying that he's really hurt, and the coach doesn't know anything about it. <laughs> to the media, he goes, "Oh, I plan on dressing him, so I hope he's not hurt." So makes you wonder, like, what the hell is going on in that organization? Oh my gosh, man! You know what a nightmare. To be honest with you, it it just seems like, you know. At the beginning of the season, Leonard was very outspoken on his Twitter account, and you know what? I haven't heard much from him uh, recently. Have you? Have you heard anything from from Leonard? No, I I think he actually uh, deleted his account. I I, I think I think that uh, he got sick of the the noise from Twitter. I know he's got a lot of support from Twitter. I know yeah. ho- the hockey Twitter loved him. I mean, we followed him on our personal our you know our Tomahawk page and. We always would comment to him. He's he's just a good dude, man. He he's the voice for the players, and he'll call out bullshit from you know uh, the NHL, certain teams, owners, all kinds of that stuff. And you know what? Maybe he just got sick of it, and for his mental health reasons, he had to delete it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, and you can, kind of makes you wonder because if this guy is really hurt. And they're dressing him. Like, what do you gain from that? Like, what if your goalie goes down and he has to go in injured? You know, yeah. is there is that really what they want to for him to get even more injured? Yeah, well, what about next year? Right. I mean, you need the guy. You got rid of Flurry, and who's your goalie? Supposed to be it's, their number one guy. You paid this guy. Yeah. I mean, take care of him. If if he's hurting the if he's hurting the playoffs, don't play him. Because if he re-aggravates something or it makes it worse, what if you lose him forever? You're gonna get you're gonna get a lawsuit. And, you know and Robin Leonard, he'll he'll take it to the league, man. He will one hundred percent. He was supposed to be their guy for this moment, and they don't have him. Their window is closing fast, man. You know what? There isn't really a tomorrow for this team. No, and you know, like I give them credit they they went all in. They uh, they got. Jack Eichel, they got Mark Stone, they got the two best players each deadline. Well, not each, uh, not the deadline, but they went for two really good players from two franchises. They even 
they even got Max Pacioretty, I yeah. believe. And he, he's another former captain. They got Stone, who's a captain. They had Max. They had Eichel. These are three good NHL players. And then they had some decent misfits that they picked up, you know, through the expansion draft. Still, uh, uh, Marcia Sant, I believe, uh, the other Carlson who actually scores goals, but this year he hasn't scored goals. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and he was a goal scorer. Yeah, he was. And they, they paid him big bucks. They, they got some big name defensemen, uh, uh, Petrangelo who, you know, I'm never going to like, cause he's a blue, uh, <laughs> you know, they have Shea Theodore is another good one. McNabb. I just didn't get the, uh, the, the flurry. I, why, why? I, I don't I think it, it was no the, sense. it's the coach and well, he, the hockey gods are smacking him back because this guy got him there. He won the Vesna for you last year. And to start Leonard the first game, that's insane, dude. Because he wants Leonard to be his goalie. It almost it, it, it just makes you wonder, like, are they running this guy out of town on purpose? He won the Vesna. It's just crazy. So everything that's happening to them, they deserve it. I mean, they created their mess and now <laughs> they're gonna pay the price. I don't think they're gonna make it. Yeah, I don't think they are either. And to be honest with you, does that really look like an organization that you want to go and play for, Matt? No. If I sign a four-year deal to play with you, I want to stay there four years. Yeah. You know, I don't want to play one season and get, like, uh, Paul, not Paul. Yeah, Paul Stastny, right? Yeah. He signed, he signed a four-year deal with them. The next year, they trade him to the Jets. It's like, what the frick? If I wanted to play with the Jets, I would have signed with them free agency, you know? Right. It's, it's crazy. That's just them. They're mismanaging their cap, and they gotta, they gotta open everything up. They gotta move guys to to uh, keep certain players, like Alex Martinez, the defenseman from the Kings, two two time Stanley Cup champ. That's why Flurry's gone because they wanted this guy. They wanted a solid top four. They got it. They, they had a solid top uh, six and forwards. But now look at you created a hole in your goaltending. And Leonard, he's a great goalie, great guy, but he does get hurt a lot. Yeah, he and, does. Flurry does not. So I think they made a mistake. I think Flurry's more athletic and he fits with that team. Do you, know, you think that do you think that Robin Leonard is just a elite number 2 goalie? I think he's a one oh, I think he's a he's a starting goalie. I don't consider him elite, but I think he's good enough to be a starting goalie. What what I mean is is that because of his injury issues that he has, he's always had them. Yeah. Is is Obviously, he cannot take the grind like, say, Vasilevsky can, playing, you know, 50 games a year or something, you know? Yeah. Do you think that it would be a good idea to have this guy as just, what I mean by elite second, you know, like a second string goalie is that he's re- he could be a number one starting goalie on any team, but he has injury issues, so he can't put that kind of workload in. So he yeah, has like to be a number B. two goalie. Yeah, like the 1B. You right. Know, you got your 1A, 1B. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he... I. I think he peaked with the with the Islanders when he was very good. I think he had like 30, 40 wins that year, and they ended up letting him go. Then yeah. he signed with the Blackhawks, and he was very good with the Hawks. I think if we didn't have him in net, we would be terrible. He kept us in a lot of games. He almost played like Ray Emery. You know, yeah. he, he would just win games, grind it out, and just— uh, just make more saves than the other guy. It would be like 3-2, his wins, 2-1 types of wins. And he saved us. And like Flurry this year. If we didn't have Flurry, dude, I think we'd be the we'd be the bottom. And at, at, at Lincoln, he's 
he was decent last year, but he's not Mark Andre Fleury. I don't think he could have stole games like Fleury did. Yeah, but Fleury, or I'm sorry, Leonard. Yes, I think he's a one B type goalie and needs a like an anti Ranta type backup goalie to make him good. Okay, and even last year he had Mark Andre Fleury with him. That's an unbelievable goaltending tandem. Like if I don't know how you screw that up, the the coach he botched it, dude. He went with Leonard, and he shouldn't have. Flurry was rock solid the whole season. He won the Vesna. I just didn't get it. And he and Flurry had like a short leash, and they he pretty much ran him out of town. That coach did. Yeah, and he did. They they didn't win. I mean, he Leonard went in went in some games. He was cold. He got lit up. They put Flurry in. He wins. Then they go back to Leonard. It's like what? <laughs> what are you doing, dude? You got to ride the hot goalie. You're talking like, about that ab series, that ab series, yeah. right? I give Coach Q credit. Corey Crawford had a bad couple games against Nashville. I think it was 2015. Yeah. Scott Darling was awesome. He you was. have no choice. You got to start him the next game. And yeah. then he wins. And then he, you know, he lost his net. But that was in the next series. Crow. So he got through that first series. And then yeah. after that second series, uh, Crawford took it back. Crow, Crow took it back and won the cup. Yeah. And that maybe Crawford needed that uh, wake up call, man. It's like, hey, yeah. I'm. I, if, I, if I don't play, this kid's ready to go. He's going to take my job, and I'm gone. That's how scary it is for a goalie. If you have one bad playoff series, you could be done. Like look, look at Detroit in the 90s. They went through so many goalies. They were short-leashed. Hashik, Osgood, Legacy, Cujo. It's like, we're riding the hot goalie. Whoever wins is going to be here next year. The next year, these guys were all over the place. Right. So the Panthers, they won 13 straight What's going on with them, man, other than being uh, probably one of the favorites to win the Cup? Well, they lost tonight. Tampa sent a message. I believe it was an 8-4 to four win. There wow. was a couple fights, and uh, I just uh, saw a little clip a couple minutes ago of some Florida Panther was fighting, and he's he's raising his arms to the crowd, and the crowd's going wild. And I'm just like, if I'm a Panther fan, and I'm watching this guy act like a nut like that, like, dude. We just lost eight to four, and these guys have been owning us the last two seasons in the playoffs. We should be a little scared, you know? Like, we yeah. better get our shit together because this Tampa team is so experienced. But yeah. who knows, man? It's best of, game, best of seven. Hopefully, everybody's healthy for both. I think that's going to be the best, or if it is a matchup, it's going to be the best one. That's the one I want to watch. The, yeah. the Lightning in Florida. Yeah, I'd watch that too. You know, it, it's it's really interesting because Tampa is moving off from being the most skilled team to being the most experienced team. And a lot of a lot of times, man, that experience will get you through a, a more talented team. Mm-hmm. So goaltenders are injured for Canes. Goaltenders in plural, as in both of them, are injured. Uh, you know, they were a favorite for the for the cup to make it down to at least to the eastern conference finals and now they're in serious doubts and maybe not even get out of the first round especially with shaky goaltending what are the canes going to do man well i know i i followed um the surge cast he said they're reevaluating um anderson's injury i, I believe tomorrow they're going to see what's going on with it i don't know what's i don't know what the injury is but they better all pray that he's going to be back for game one. I mean, I'd definitely rest him. You're, you're in the playoffs. Hey, and what, two, three games left? Yeah, no reason to rush him. Give him some time off. Hopefully they get good news. I know Ranta's down too. You know, he's a good goalie, but he's not, he's not Anderson. But they definitely need 
these one of these two guys to start game one. Otherwise, they're they're throwing up an AHL kid, and that's a lot to ask. You know, in a, in a playoff series, you're going to be playing against another good team. Remember so, when it's uh, a shame, man. One of these three teams, Carolina, uh, even Toronto, Carolina, Toronto, uh, the Florida teams, they could be bounced in the first round, and they're like Stanley Cup guys. So incredible. It's crazy, man. It's really crazy. Well, last year, you know the, you know the uh, the Panthers brought up Spencer Knight for a game, and he 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 played really well. He won. Yeah, he got a win. He might be a top tier goalie though, too. Well, Bob was terrible last year. He's yeah, been he was. he's been a different goalie this year. The games that you know they play the I know it's the Blackhawks, but he looked really good. He was square to the puck, making that second save even, and that's that's you need a hot goalie like that. When he was on. The Blue Jackets when he beat Tampa that season in the playoffs. Oh man, he was he was lights out. That's what they need from him. So this year we've got fifty goal scores so far. We've got Austin Matthews, Leon Dreisaitl, Chris Kreider, and obviously Ovi hit fifty for the seventh time in his career, which is a uh, very impressive, considering you know a lot of guys don't even hit fifty. Uh, I think that it's it's pretty incredible, man. Matthews could possibly hit 60 this year, which would be really cool. Who was the last person to hit 60? Was that uh, Stamkos? Stamkos, yeah. I was about yeah. to say, I think Stammer was the yeah. last one to do it. He did it two years in a row, didn't he? I think he only did it once. Okay. And he kind of, he's, you know, he gets hurt a lot too. He's yeah. another one of those guys. He's I think a I great, mentioned that. Great goal scorer, though. Yeah. I, I mentioned that in the last podcast. I think that uh, if he didn't get hurt and he didn't have injury issues, he'd probably be right up there with Ovi right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> Do you, do you remember his rookie year? Barry Melrose was the coach, and I think he only got like 20-something goals, 30 goals maybe, and he goes, he's not ready for the NHL. The next year he gets 50. Yeah. It's like, dude, Barry, you botched that one, dude. You should <laughs> you should go on uh, your ESPN show and say, you know what, I, I'm, I was stupid. He's good. I'm just not that good of a coach. I'm an, I'm an ESPN analyst. Yeah, that's all that he is, yeah. dude. I don't think he's yeah. even, he's found any success with the coaching, has he? No, no. no. I, I, he coached that Gretzky team uh, when the Kings, I think they were playing the, the Canadians in that final. Mm. Was that 93 or 92 or something? Mm-hmm. But no, they, they had no chance against that Canadian team. No, that's incredible. So... All right, everybody, that's all that we got for you tonight. We appreciate you guys listening. We're going to keep on doing our podcast through the end of the Blackhawks season, and then we're going to turn it into a playoffs podcast so that we can give playoff coverage because the playoffs are a great. Um, it's great to cover it. It's cool to see what happens with the league. Uh, kind of stay up with, with who the players are, who's good playoff performers, and uh, what's going to happen with the with these teams going into the offseason and into the uh, free agency, which is always fun as well. So do us a favor, uh, hit subscribe if you haven't yet, and we'll catch you on the next one. This is the Tomahawk, and we're out of here.